Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vodacy Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore. And today, we're going to talk about one of the biggest mistakes that I see newbie investors make when they start their investing journey. And frankly, it's probably not exclusive to newbie investors. And that is starting their investing journey without an emergency fund in place. And an emergency fund is not just about the investment side of it, right? They, we already know that you know a huge portion of the population, I think it's like 75% of Americans are not able to handle a $1,000 emergency should it happen. And so um, a lot of us, as we start to get into the investing game, we start to save up our money, right? There's, there's capital required to start investing in real estate and in properties. And what happens is we get really excited about this, this new investment, this new opportunity, all these great things that can happen and we start to save up our money. Well, you know, and we, we start to say, okay, I've got, let's say $50,000 that I've saved up. And we we're, we think that we should use that whole $50,000 for our investing journey. What we want to make sure that we do, and what I think is a big mistake that a lot of newbie investors make is, they don't have that emergency fund, right? And how much, How much? first of all, what is an emergency fund? An emergency fund is kind of your rainy day fund. It should be exclusive in and of itself, right? And, and a lot of experts say have three to six months of your living expenses put together and put away for a rainy day fund or an emergency fund. And that's what we're talking about right here. We don't want to touch that money, right? Depending on what your monthly obligations are because we don't know when we're going to go, you know, a global pandemic is going to hit. We don't know, you know, maybe if we're going to get laid off or if we get injured or something happens where we're not able to bring in that regular income. And so we want to have an emergency fund that covers our normal everyday expenses. And, you know, so, so very simply, you know, a lot of experts say three to six months, figure out your monthly expenses and figure out what your monthly obligations are and have three to six months of that put away or put away and saved up. And where should you keep it? You should just, it should be liquid, right? You don't want to take that and put it somewhere where it's not liquid. Well, real estate, it is not a really liquid asset, right? You have to go through a process to sell real estate. So you wanna keep these funds in the bank. And it can be a little, I know for like an investor and I know for myself included, Sometimes we're not, we just are like looking at that money saying, I don't want that just sitting in the bank. And, and I challenge you to say, okay, that probably there, there's a difference between an emergency fund and the capital that you need to invest. And as you start to get into this game of investing, purchasing properties, we want to be able to separate the two. And, and that's a big mistake. And by, by separating the two, what it is, what you're doing is you're giving yourself, you know, frankly, you're taking that stress level way down when you know that should something happen with the property, if the property's not performing, you know, get jumping out of the gates and performing maybe how you thought it was going to, you're not, you know, it's not putting you in a position of something happened on the other side of life and just every regular day life, like a job loss or, you know, like a, like an injury or maybe a car accident or something that you had to tap into a lump sum of money to get you through a certain period, through those through those challenges that you're going through right now, that that's separate from your investment pot of uh, of capital. And so, so three to six months. Let's say that's the number. Let's say we say, okay, well, I, I'm going to figure out 
what my monthly expenses are and I'm gonna have my emergency fund, I'm gonna have it in the bank and that's separate. Now we can really start talking about what it takes and what kind of capital I should be allocating and starting to save up for to jump into the investing game. And in uh, as far as short-term vacation rentals, I always tell people there's really three things that you should save up for and plan on as capital expenditures when you purchase a property. And usually, people think about the first one, and that's the down payment, right? When and and I'm going to tell you percentages so that as you go through this planning stage, right? Good planning makes the process much easier. And one of the biggest and most important parts of the planning process when you invest in properties is the capital required to pull this off. You know, what are the capital resources you need to have available to make this a reality of owning these types of properties? So, so as as we're talking about today, we're talking about short-term vacation rentals. And so the first one is your down payment. And that down payment's gonna be anywhere from 10 to probably 25%, depending on the loan program that you get, depending on the your your borrowing capabilities and all of those different things. And that's a conversation for another day. We've had some podcasts about that. And you can go look at some of the older podcasts we've talked about the financing of these properties. But you have your down payment. And so it's dependent upon how much you're going to be spending on the property. What are the properties in the market you're looking at, right? Some markets we can get into properties, you know, under $200,000. Other markets, you're looking at properties that are much higher than that. And so depending on the property and the amount of money you're spending, this is how you add that up. So if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna be uh, buying a $500,000 property, for example, I need one, I need my down payment money. And so, and let's say I'm, I, let's say I qualify for 10% down financing. So now, I need a lot more than just the $50,000 to get into this property. And a lot of people think, okay, I've got $50,000, I've got $60,000, I've got a little buffer there, so I'm gonna be able to buy a $500,000 property. That's not the case, because what you have to think about, the second thing that I tell people to budget for and plan on, especially in the short-term rental game, which is unique to other real estate assets, is you need to furnish it. You need to get this property set up. It needs to be ready to go for your guests. And so, what kind of a budget should you have for that? And so, simply, put in as far as the budgeting goes and when I'm when I'm trying to figure out okay am I ready to jump into the game I budget around 8 to 10% of the purchase price to furnish and set up the property. So sometimes it's a little bit more than that, sometimes it's less than that. But if you budget eight to 10%, that's gonna give you a pretty a pretty good idea of what your budget's gonna be when you furnish and set up the property. So now I've got the $50,000 for my down payment on my $500,000 property. If I budget 10% for that, I've got another $50,000 to furnish it and set up. So now that you can see that this dollar amount begins to add up and it begins to, you know, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, I, you know, $100,000 is going to get me into a $500,000 property on the low end. And, you know, if I end up having to do 20% down, now I'm into that property for 150. And so, and, and it, this is, this episode is not to discourage you. It's to help you plan out so that when you're running down this road, there's not these big surprises for you. And because there can be really great returns in this game, but you have to be able to get from, you know, how much, you know, you have to be able to get from point A to point B and, and point B is actually having the property start to make some money for us. And if we don't, if we don't have the resources to get us there and the capital to get us there, then we're putting ourselves in a pretty bad position. We're, get, we're backing ourselves up against the wall. So, so one, we have our down payment. 
Number two, we have our furnishings and setup cost. And then the number three thing that a lot of people overlook and don't think about is what is it gonna take and how long am I gonna have to plan on paying the property expenses before I can predictably assume or predictably expect to start making money on this. And on average, I tell people plan on about a six to nine month period where you might have some ups and downs in the income. You're not gonna, you're not gonna probably cover your entire property expenses on this property if it's a brand new property that you just set up. You need to establish it. You're trying to get those bookings in. You know, they get that calendar filled. And so you've got to give yourself some time where this property is not making any money and it's it's costing you money, right? It's not yet an asset that's producing, it's an asset that's taking some money to get ready. And so you have to figure out what those property expenses look like and you either have to have the disposable income every month to be able to cover those property expenses or you have to have that, that next um, lump sum of capital available to get you through that six to nine month period. You're going to probably make money in your first six to nine months. It's just there's going to be months where you're not covering the entire property expenses. And especially in the first couple months on a brand new property, you're probably covering the majority of that property expense. And so when you start to add that up and you start to realize, okay, what does this take to get into this game? That's a separate pile of money and capital different than your emergency fund, right? And so when you, when we get into it, we want to the emergency fund is is something that everybody should be thinking about way beyond way before we even start investing and whether or not you invest that should that's a separate uh, a separate conversation, but it's a big mistake that investors start to get in, especially newbie investors, where they you know we we look at the investing world through these rose colored glasses, which is great. We love this world, but there's always some bumps in the road. There's always going to be challenges, and if you plan for that and you anticipate that, and you have the capital and the resources to get you through those challenges and those bumps in the road, then all of a sudden you have the results that you're looking for. You're able to actually get to point B, which is those great returns, and which is the money that you can make in this in this game or any other game. And so as you as you start to grow your portfolio, if it's my first property, right? Like I said, the, those th those things that you have to have available to you, you want to be able to cover those property expenses for six to nine months. What if I'm adding, you know, I'm I'm buying a property that is, you know, maybe it's my my portfolio is growing and I've got a, a diversified portfolio. I've got ten properties now. I don't always have to have six to nine months on every one of those properties, right? And especially when, as my portfolio grows because the chances of all 10 of those properties not producing at the same time is very low. It's like if you buy, even take it to another level of a multifamily property. What if I own a hundred unit apartment complex? I don't need to be able to make you know, the, the, the payment on that entire thing or, or break it down door by door because the chances of all 100 units being vacant at the same time are very low. And so as the portfolio grows, the, the, the amount of money you have to allocate and save up to get through those rainy days, because what happens is as we invest, we want to be able to have an emergency fund for our, our portfolio as well, right? We just talked about the three things we have to we should plan on in the very beginning. But what do we, what should we have as far as capital to continue, right? Before I start taking money out, 
And, and I usually tell people, you know, it's it's very similar to the emergency fund that we have for our personal finances. We usually have an emergency fund for our portfolio. I want to be able to get through about three to six months of property expenses to get as a kind of a buffer should something happen with the property. Maybe I have, you know, maybe I have a pipe break or I have something happen and I have to, you know, have to do repairs on the property and I can't, I can't collect any income. And so you're going to have an emergency fund now for your portfolio. That emergency fund can be a little bit smaller the larger the portfolio grows as far as as far as a total allocation of you don't necessarily need 3 to 6 3 uh, 3 to 6 months of complete expenses if you have a portfolio of 100 properties because the the likelihood of all 100 properties being vacant or having a problem at the same time is low. But if I only have one or two properties, yes, I need to have three to six months saved up for each of those properties because if something happens, that's a that's a big portion of my portfolio if I only have one or two properties. So hopefully that that makes sense. You know, one of the I just heard a story of a lady that got into the Airbnb business and bought three Airbnbs. She got super excited, got got really uh, really amped up, and again, kind of looked through those rose-colored glasses. Bought three properties, qualified for three properties, but she didn't have any any capital or resources allocated to get her through that first six to nine months. Didn't have anything set up in case something happened with one of those properties to be able to to be able to handle some of the bumps in the road, to be able to handle some of those challenges. And so she had a failed business and her, she lost her properties. And long story short, it wasn't that she got into bad properties. It wasn't that she had a bad business plan. She got into it with a lack of resources. And when you get into something with a lack of resources, when those challenges come up and you all of a sudden that gets really, really stressful, right? It, it starts to you know, our, we don't know where to turn. We don't have the capital to keep one going. We start robbing from Peter to pay Paul and we take from one property to the next and all of a sudden everything implodes. And that can be so, so easily avoided if we go into it where maybe we're not quite ready today, but if we have a plan that we know how much we need for tomorrow, we can jump into the game and it's way less stressful. It's a lot more fun. We can focus on those things. We can focus on the opportunities. We can focus on the things to maximize our assets. We can focus on growth and and in that abundance. And we instead of getting into it and saying, okay, I know I know how I want to get to point um, to point B, and I'm starting in point A, and I have just what I need to get started and, and run down that road. And I appreciate that. I, I love when people want to take action. I appreciate this when people say, I'm getting going. I'm going to figure this out. But at the same time is do yourself a favor and really consider the emergency fund. And the emergency fund goes in two ways. One, first, we start and make sure we have an emergency fund for our personal expenses. And that's, you know, three to six months, whatever you're more comfortable with. But something something in that three to six month range for an emergency fund to cover your personal expenses. And that money goes over to the side. We don't use that for our investing. We're not going to put that somewhere where you know, in into our properties. Then we, we start to fill up the bucket for our down payment. We fill the bucket up for our furnishings and setups. We have that bucket filled up to get us that first that first six to nine months before we are probably going to make any money on our property. And we jump into the game on that first property. Now I start building my port or uh, emergency fund for my portfolio. And 
as I'm building my portfolio, that emergency fund continues to grow with each of the properties. But then again, like I said, as the as that portfolio continues to grow and gets larger, now that percentage of the, of the, the money you have to allocate as far as an emergency fund to the whole portfolio, that can get a little bit smaller now. And so now we're going the opposite direction because we don't need to necessarily plan for an emergency on all, you know, 10, 10 properties or all 100 units in an apartment or whatever that is. And so one of, you know, one of those mistakes to avoid that is easy to avoid and something that we don't like to talk about. You know, I don't like to have money just sitting in the bank doing nothing and planning on an emergency, but things happen, right? A lot of times, a lot of times we assume from point A to point B is a pretty smooth ride and a pretty smooth line. It's not. It's it's up and down and there's challenges and there's roadblocks and there's you know, things we have to cross and, and overcome along the way. And so we need to be able to plan for that. And when we expect it and we plan for it, it's just part of the game. It's part of what we're doing. And it doesn't have to derail us. It doesn't have to take us and say, okay, I, I just started this business and now I have a failed business in my because I, it was a lack of resources, not necessarily a bad business plan, not necessarily a bad, you know, a bad market or a bad property. It's you just didn't have quite enough to get to, to from point A to point B. And so you, if you plan that out, you set yourself up for so much more success in the future. So, guys, that's what I wanted to chat with you about today. Don't make the mistake of diving into this or any investment without an emergency fund. And as you start to build your portfolio, make sure you've got those, those resources allocated as, as for, for those unforeseen problems that are going to naturally pop up. And as you, you know, over time, you're going to have things pop up. And so, you know, always pay attention to the emergency fund. Always make sure that you give it the attention that it deserves, I guess, right? And make sure that it is part of the planning stage and is is part of your portfolio is part of your life and and you separate that from what's available to go out and invest in properties or whatever else you're investing in so we'll wrap this one up today you guys Thanks, as always, for being the greatest part of this show. I love so much about the messages that I get from you all. And if you have any value out of this, please share it. Leave us a review. Send me a message. Those things mean a lot to us and are very helpful for us. And we'll continue to come with more and more information and any of those topics that you want to discuss, shoot them, shoot them over to us. And those of you that haven't gotten a copy of our book, Go on Instagram, at Moore. direct message us. We'll make sure you have instructions. We'll send you a digital copy. And if you, want a, if you want a physical copy, we'll send you instructions on exactly how to get that. We just launched our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube now, at Moore, And these episodes are also recorded. So if you like listening to the audio, subscribe. Leave us a review on the audio platform you're listening to. If you're seeing this on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube and go check out the audio. And so... You guys go make it a great week. We'll plan on seeing you here same time, same place next week. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey, Grace, is there a website? Yes. For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.